to the exercise of this ministry. Cameron, will you be loyal to the doctrine, discipline, and worship of Christ as this church has received them? And will you, in accordance with the canons of this church, obey your bishop and other ministers who may have authority over you and your work? Come and sign the oath of conformity. Congregation, please stand. Dear friends of Christ, you know the importance of this ministry and the weight of your responsibility in presenting Cameron Patrick McMillan for ordination to the sacred priesthood. Therefore, if any of you knows any impediment or crime because of which we should not proceed, come forward now and make it known. Is it your will that Cameron be ordained a priest? It is. Will you uphold him in this ministry? Yes. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Church of God, that it may be filled with truth and love, and be found without fault at the day of your coming. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, For all members of your holy church in their vocation and ministry, that they may serve you in a true and godly life. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, Justin, Archbishop of Canterbury, Michael, our presiding bishop, for Greg, our bishop, and for all bishops, priests, and deacons, that they may be filled with your love, may hunger for truth, and may thirst after righteousness. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For Cameron, chosen priest in your church, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. That he may faithfully fulfill the duties of this ministry, build up your church, and glorify your holy name. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. That by the indwelling of your Holy Spirit, he may be sustained and encouraged to persevere to the end. Let us pray to the Lord. Christian virtues, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For all who fear God and believe in you, Lord Christ, that our divisions may cease and that all may be one, as you and the Father are one, let us pray to the Lord. Lord. 
mission of the church, that in faithful witness it may preach the gospel to the ends of the earth. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For those who do not yet believe, and for those who have lost their faith, that they may receive the light of the gospel. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For the peace of the world, that a spirit of respect and forbearance may grow among nations and peoples. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For our seminaries, especially in Ashoda House, that they may be places of sound learning and formational training for the good of your one, holy, and Catholic Church. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For those in positions of public trust, especially Barack, our president, that they may serve justice and promote the dignity and freedom of every person. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For the poor, the persecuted, the sick, and for all who suffer, for refugees, prisoners, and all who are in danger, that they may be relieved and protected. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For ourselves, for the forgiveness of our sins, and for the grace of the Holy Spirit to amend our lives, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, church, and those whose faith is known to you alone, that with all the saints, they may have rest in that place where there is no pain or grief, but life eternal. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Rejoicing in the fellowship of the ever-blessed Virgin Mary, William White, and all your saints, let us commend ourselves and one another, and all our life to Christ our God. unchangeable power and eternal light, look favorably on your whole church, that wonderful and sacred mystery, by the effectual working of your providence, carry out in tranquility the plan of salvation, let the whole world see and know that things which were cast down are being raised up, and things which had grown old are being made new and that all things are being brought to bear perfection by him, through whom all things were made, your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Let us pray. O Lord, in a time of turmoil and confusion, you raised up your servant, William White, and endowed him with wisdom, patience, and a reconciling temper, that he might lead your church into ways of stability and peace. Hear our prayer, and give us wise and faithful leaders, that through their ministry your people may be blessed, and your will be done. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated for the reading of Scripture. A reading from the prophet Isaiah. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lofty, and the hem of his robe filled the temple. Seraphs were in attendance above him. Each had six wings. With two they covered their faces, and with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. The pivots on the thresholds shook at the voices of those who called, and the house filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me! I am lost! 
For I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and yet my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphs flew to me, holding a live coal that had been taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. The seraph touched my mouth with it and said, Now that this has touched your lips, your guilt has departed, and your sin is blotted out. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I, send me. The word of the Lord. We will now recite in unison our psalm, Psalm 132, verses 8 through 19. Rise up, O Lord, and go to your resting place, you and the ark of your might. Let your priests be clothed with righteousness, and let your faithful shout for joy. For your servant David's sake, do not turn away the face of your anointed one. The Lord swore to David a sure oath, from which he will not turn back. One of the sons of your body I will set on your throne. If your sons keep my covenant and my decrees that I shall teach them, their sons also forevermore shall sit on your throne. For the Lord has chosen Zion. He has desired it for his habitation. This is my resting place forever. Here I will reside, for I have desired it. I will abundantly bless its provisions. I will satisfy its poor with bread. Its priests I will clothe with salvation. Shout for joy. There I will cause a horn to sprout up for David. I have prepared a lamp for my anointed one. His enemies I will clothe with disgrace, but on him his crown will gleam. A reading from the first letter of Peter. I exhort the presbyters among you as a fellow presbyter and a witness of the sufferings of Christ as well as a partaker in the glory that is to be revealed. Tend the flock of God that is your charge, not by constraint but willingly, not for shameful gain but eagerly, not as domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd is manifested, you will obtain the unfading crown of glory. Likewise, you that are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that in due time he may exalt you. Cast all your anxieties on him, for he cares about you. Be sober, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same experience of suffering is required of your brotherhood throughout the world. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, establish, and strengthen you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. The word of the Lord.
the Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. The Gospel of the Lord. I don't know about you, but I experienced a wonderful transition. I got here, and everything was all about detail. Have we done this? Is everybody showed up? No, we're missing somebody. Who's going to do what? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All, all obviously organized out of an effort to do something wonderful, both a gift to God and Cameron, a gift all of that hubbub and that busyness is about trying to offer something that reflects however love, you know, humanly, the glory of what God is doing in the midst of the simple efforts that we make to do something that somehow is pleasing. That's part of what our life together is like as a church. We fumble around and we deal with each other's inconsistencies. We do our best to forgive a lot, hoping that people are forgiving us. All in an effort to, in some ways, offer something that is pleasing. Primarily to God, but also as a blessing to God's people. But then we get into the service. And when I knelt for the litany, the litany that is always the litany of ordination. I, it felt as if I was getting into a very small boat, into a very large sea, a sea that existed long before I even thought about the possibility of Jesus, much less ordination. And that really is the sea of prayer that brings us to this very moment. Cameron, you're here not because you're gifted and talented, not because you're passionate for people, but because, in fact, your calling is an answer to prayer. Prayer that began generations ago for the continued ministry and the preaching of the gospel through God's church, for faithfulness. We, it's not so much that we stand on the shoulders of giants as we kneel, where they have knelt, and we are undergirded by their prayers. And we, and in particularly in this case, Cameron, you're here because of them. Therefore, seeing we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us run with patience the race that is set before us. That's our context. 
that, in fact, never changes. We just, in some ways, in a rather anonymous fashion, take our place among all of the company of heaven and offer what things we can, imperfectly as they are, hoping that in some ways, through the meager gifts we offer, we might contribute in this ongoing flow that can has its source, in fact, in the priesthood of Christ that flows through the prayers of his people throughout the ages. It is a perspective that is extraordinarily important for anything that looks like gospel ministry. Because if you ever get into that position where you think that what got you there was not that, but being at the right place having the right connections, knowing just the right thing to say, the ability to be able to network, as we now call it, you know, with other people, the ability to be able to roll off your tongue the right thing at the right time that causes you to get noticed in a way that opens a door that takes you into something that might not have come your way had you not known and had you not That is literally the siren and evil song of the world. I pity for whom that's all they know. We are in a different boat, in a different sea. And we know that we are where we are by virtue of generations of prayers. Even as we add our prayers to that sea that already exists for the sake of those we know and love for ourselves and for those who come after us. That, it seems to me, is the posture of humility that the epistle to the Hebrews describes. Humble yourself under the almighty hand of God that he may exalt you. Not as a mechanism for advancement, that he may exalt me. Okay, that's what I'm supposed to do. But rather, it's an acknowledgement of what is. Humility, if it is anything, is a healthy acknowledgement for what is. Not what I wish were present. Not who I might think I am. But what and it is that sense of what is that causes you to do the very thing that First Peter invites us to. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Because if I know somehow it is in fact not the gift of my own talent to the world that has brought me into this place, it throws me not standing on that boat, but actually prostrate just like you were. Saying, oh God if I'm to give anything at all into the vastness of this calling, I need you. It's more than an expression of dependence. It is an expression of abject need that never changes. And it is also, in fact, a great place of safety that in the midst of a world where the devil roams about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, the grace of the protection of Christ is the fruit of God's work of humility within us. Anything other than that would be using the protection of Christ to get what I need or what I want. And that, in fact, is one of those traps that has sounds just right except that it just doesn't look like Jesus at all. And the devil knows the difference, even if we often do not. So to prostrate yourself in prayer as we enter into this sea of prayer is the place to which you are called again and again and again. Because the call to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God is not a sort of one-off 
that you do in the midst of a majestic occasion. It's a commitment to a certain way of life. What does the priesthood of Christ look like manifested among his people? It's people on their faces before the very presence of God, before anything else happens. It is that. So that even when we are sent out as we are, that's the gospel, we come back. And even though we come back sometimes filled with greater desperation, because it's hard out there, or with great joy because of the fruit of what God did and the meager things that we offer, we still come back and prostrate ourselves. Oh, Lord, you are the one who receives all the glory all of the fruit is from you. Because where am I? I'm nothing more than the one who's on the small boat in the great sea. And do we go out? Yes, of course. But notice, listen to the language. Jesus says, the description of Jesus' ministry is both very human and very miraculous at the same time. Then Jesus went about. What is he doing? He's walking. He's not in a limo. He's just walking. That means he stops and talks to people. He takes in the environment. He knows where he lives. He understands the good and the bad. He knows the wants and the needs of the people. Because he notices later on that they are harassed like sheep without a shepherd. Obviously, that's conversation further along than, how are you? I'm fine. There's a kind of knowing in the midst of this passage that is both human, because Jesus is making the time, but it's also extraordinarily miraculous. There's There's this... Astonishing perception that Jesus has again and again and again to to use a modern phrase, look past what's in people's eyes to see within. Not only have you been married five times, but the man you're living with now is not your husband. Obviously, the woman at the well did not use that as a conversation over. And a part of the priesthood of Christ is in that walking around, again, asking, even begging God to give you the capacity to see people as they are, not merely the way they present themselves to you. Because a part of the the demand and even the burden of leadership is that there are people who will want to get to know you for all the wrong reasons. And it takes a kind of interior discernment, the capacity to listen to the Holy Spirit and to see with Christ's eyes where you should stop and do more than just chat. Pray out loud with someone in Starbucks, not just inside the church, on the street even though others might think that incredibly odd. To see as Christ sees is a part of the fruit of what the priesthood of Christ looks like. So Jesus went about doing what? Teaching. Speaking the truth in love. Knowing the content of the gospel. Studying. Working hard to try to determine. Lord, what is the best way to express that which you have supernaturally imparted to us through your word. What does it mean in this situation to speak a word in due season in a way that God by his mercy might bear the best fruit? It is, in fact, a thoughtful ministry. There is no discontinuity between wanting to be supernaturally inspired in the moment for God using you to speak a word and the real fruit of profound study. Neither should be absent from us. Both speaking 
by the Spirit and studying in the Spirit at your desk from the great wisdom of those who have gone before us. Teaching and proclaiming. In other words, speaking that word in a way that isn't just, this is what the Scripture teaches, but this is what God is saying to us. There's a nature, there, the nature of proclamation is that it is immediate. Teaching is more timeless. Proclamation is of the moment. It addresses the needs that one sees. It talks about that which the world in which we live right now. We are not ignorant, in other words, of the worlds in which we find ourselves and the worlds that your people know. You know them too. And that's what gives you the capacity to be able to speak to them. If our pulpits do not know and do not address what's going on in our culture, in the world we live, the needs and the concerns that you see in the news, we're actually only doing half our job. We are teaching, but we're not always proclaiming. As the world gets more and more fearful, desperate, We need words that allow people in our congregations to go, oh, she understands. He knows this too. So proclamation and teaching are both needed. And there is, in fact, a distinction. Because it is into that world that the good news of the kingdom is in fact spoken that allows it to be good news because the recipients know that a word is being spoken to them and they are known and they are loved. And finally, curing every disease and every sickness. A part of the wholeness of this life that we live is that you step out on a limb, you stretch forth your hand, you anoint with oil, you pray the prayer of faith, Trusting that God will use you. And often, often, He does. Many will do their best to talk you out of that part of this charge. Do not listen to them. The very same Spirit which raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. And that is not in any way even by your ordination. Just the opposite. It is crowned in strength, even though the crown be a crown of thorns, into this office to which you were called. So Cameron, please stand. My brother in Christ, you are entirely inadequate to this calling. And that is in fact good news. Because it is what keeps you on your feet. That the priesthood of Christ, as expressed through his body, that rises in intercessory prayers, is the wave that has brought you to this moment. For Jesus himself extends his own nailed guard hands to you and says, Come, my brother. Enter into that which you have been called. So look at Christ's Walk about as he has walked about and still does through his people. Listen, pray, teach, proclaim, heal. That this world, fearful, now more than ever, can know that there is a God who holds all things together, knows them, loves them, and that in the great good news of God, they can know his love and be set free for eternity. No one else can speak that except the very people of God. It is a hard life. It is not one to be entered into lightly. But the riches of Jesus will flow in you and through you will say again and again and again, I wouldn't want to do anything else. 
because of that, that this group of people that gathers together and love people rejoice in this moment. Because we get in on this divine appointment to which you have been called. So we rejoice in you. We will be with you in prayer. And we thank God for another scriptures, he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and Son. The Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. My brother, the church is the family of God, the body of Christ, and the temple of the Holy Spirit. All baptized people are called to make Christ known as Savior and Lord, and to share in the renewing of His world. Now you are called to work as a pastor, priest, and teacher, together with your bishops and fellow presbyters, and to take your share in the councils of the church. As a priest, it will be your task to proclaim by word and deed the gospel of Jesus Christ and to fashion your life in accordance with its precepts. You are to love and serve the people among whom you work, caring alike for young and old, strong and weak, rich and poor. You are to preach, to declare God's forgiveness to penitent sinners, to pronounce God's blessing to share in the administration of holy baptism and in the celebration of the mysteries of Christ's body and blood, and to perform the other ministrations entrusted to you. In all that you do, you are to nourish Christ's people from the riches of his grace and to strengthen them to glorify God in this life and in the life to come. My brother, do you believe that you are truly called by God and his church to this priesthood? I believe I am so called. Do you now, in the presence of the church, commit yourself to this trust and responsibility? I do. Will you respect and be guided by the pastoral direction and leadership of your bishop? I will. Will you be diligent in the reading and study of Holy Scriptures and in seeking the knowledge of such things as may make you a stronger and more able minister of Christ? Will you endeavor so to minister the word of God 
and the sacraments of the new covenant, that the reconciling love of Christ may be known and received. I will. Will you undertake to be a faithful pastor to all whom you were called to serve, laboring together with them and with your fellow ministers to build up the family of God? I will. Will you do your best to pattern your life and that of your family in accordance with the teaching of Christ so that you may be a wholesome example to your people? Will you persevere in prayer, both in public and in private, asking God's grace both for yourself and for others, offering all your labor to God through the mediation of Jesus Christ and in the sanctification of the Holy Spirit? May the Lord, who has given you the will to do these things, give you the grace and power to perform them. Congregation, will you Stand. Please you gather here with us. We'll be singing responsibly in 504. I sing the first phrase, you sing. Come, Holy Ghost, our souls inspire, and lighten with celestial fire, thou the anointing spirit art, who thus thyself gifts impart. Thy blessed unction from above, is comfort, light, and power of love. Enable with perpetual light the dullness of our blind and sights. Anoint and cheer our soiled face with the abundance of us to know the Father's Son, and the apostles who speak one, that through the ages all along, this may be our endless song. Praise to the Son, Jesus, our Lord, who is the image of the eternal and invisible glory, the firstborn among many brethren, and the head of the church. We thank you that by his death he has overcome death, and having ascended into heaven, has poured his gifts abundantly upon your people, making some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers who equip the saints for the work of ministry and in the building up of his body. Come, Lord. Therefore, Father, through Jesus Christ, your Son, give your Holy Spirit to Cameron. Fill him with grace and power and make him a priest in your church. May he exalt you, O Lord, in the midst of your people. Offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to you. Boldly proclaim the gospel of salvation and rightly administer the sacraments of the new covenant. Make him a faithful pastor, a patient teacher, and a wise counselor. Grant that in all things he may serve without reproach so that your people may be strengthened and your name glorified in all the world. All this we ask through Jesus Christ our Lord, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns 
one God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Cameron, receive this Bible as a sign of the authority given to you to proclaim God's word and to assist in the administration of his holy sacrament. Do not forget the trust committed to you as a priest of the church of God. Congregation, please greet your new priest and his family. 